Welcome to Dental Brain Crops. I'm your host, Chelsea Myers, and today we're going to talk about labels and how they impact leadership. But before we can go down that road, we need to do a little review on the system that takes place in our brains with just about every experience that we have. And that is the thought, feeling, action system. Now, we do a really good job of knowing if we like how we feel or if we don't. And Many of us do a moderately good job of knowing exactly what we're feeling, particularly when we don't like how we feel. In other words, identifying the exact emotion that we're experiencing when it's not a good feeling. We're pretty good at that. Without practice and coaching, most of us are actually pretty ill-equipped to identify the connected thought to each emotion that we're having. So said differently, we have some blind spots. And I want to talk about what happens in our brains from a scientific perspective so that you can decide how much time, effort, and energy you want to put in to mastering what may be a significant bottleneck for you sometimes. When we have a new experience, we have a lot of choices about how we're going to experience it. We get to choose what we're going to think about going into it if we have enough time to notice. And then we, throughout the experience, get to decide what we're thinking about and what we want to believe about the details of that person or situation or thing. Now, that initial exposure then becomes our reality. It becomes a memory that we file away about the person, the thing, the situation, whatever it is, which can be great, especially if it's a positive experience that we want to repeat. On the other hand, let's say that your thoughts about the person or situation were that it was a bit of a bummer or a total disaster. Left untouched, that memory now gets filed away, but there's something that we need to be aware of. When we land on a conclusion and file it away in our brain, it becomes accessible. And this concept exists in habit formation. So if you're only half listening, this is a good one to sink your teeth into. Once we make a conclusion, we have a thought that we choose to believe and it gets filed away in our brain as information that we now know. The next time we come into contact with that same sort of stimuli, our brain will retrieve what it knows about that person or situation and offer us information which will immediately induce thoughts and feelings about the person or situation. So let's throw an example into this. Let's say that you have a new neighbor and you go over to introduce yourself and during your interaction, you notice that the guy doesn't smile once during your conversation. He's got little to say and it seems like he's eager to end the encounter. As you walk away, you think, He's not the friendliest neighbor. It seems like a fleeting thought, harmless, inconsequential, and maybe it is. But that thought, if left there, seemingly true with all of the evidence you just gathered to support it, is now accessible. And the next time you see neighbor guy, your brain will remind you that he's not the friendliest neighbor which could spark any number of responses from you. You might try talking to him again. You may keep a distance. You may wait for him to approach you. There are a lot of things you might do, but that thought is stored and it will show up. And if the guy doesn't completely disprove it 
with different actions, your brain will notice the things that he does and doesn't do that confirm that he's not the friendliest neighbor. And that belief will become even more impressed into your reality. He's been labeled. And the more often we think something, the more subconscious it becomes, which is where things can get really slippery. Subconscious patterning is where unfavorable reactions repeat themselves, where overeating Oreos occurs, where spending too much time on social media happens. But why does it happen? Let's go into the scenario. Now that the neighbor guy is labeled as not the friendliest, and that accessible label has been thought a few times, it, beca- it begins to impact how we act and how we approach him. Because the thought, he's not the friendliest, creates a feeling. Some people may become anxious with that sort of thought. Some people may become irritated. Other people may be resistant. The perception of less friendly behavior is received differently with each person, but the thought will certainly create an emotion. And that emotion will be experienced physically. When you see the new neighbor and think he's not the friendliest neighbor, let's say you become anxious around him. For me, anxiety is a racing heartbeat and a tightening sensation in my shoulders and sometimes a really high-pitched ringing in my ears. Or let's say you're the type that becomes frustrated with unfriendly people. Frustration for me is experienced with a heaviness in my chest and in my head, almost as if I'm being pulled down. And it's sometimes accompanied by a warmth in my throat. I'm describing the physical impact of my feelings and it's in it's an exercise that you'll want to become really proficient at if exercising creative power is at all important for you to have. And I want you to be really aware of the emotions that follow the thoughts because they can quickly become patterns. And when a pattern's in place, we have less decision-making opportunity when it repeats itself unless we're aware of the steps in the pattern's process. In this case, there's the trigger, the neighbor guy, then the thought, he's not the friendliest neighbor, and immediately accompanying the thought is a feeling, anxiety, frustration, irritation, whatever the feeling is. And after a few times of seeing the guy and having the thought-feeling combo take place in our mind and body, the brain accepts the pattern and it can do this tricky thing where we then see the neighbor guy and the body will go straight into increased anxiety mode before we've ever been aware that we had a thought about our perceived opinion of him. The brain knows that when we see this guy, we get anxious and the body begins to immediately respond each time we see him. I want you to think about this because it's happening all over your life. There are certain people places, things you've programmed your responses to that may not be benefiting you in any way and they may be holding you back. Experiencing anxiety, frustration, or irritation connected to an unfriendly neighbor does nothing for me. I don't gain anything from the feelings that I have in those situations. Nobody gains from me feeling that way in those situations. So I want to know the components of what's happening so I can interrupt the process. We take action based on our thoughts and our action impacts the people around us, whether that's the new neighbor guy, our family, or our teams at work. 
We have to be aware of the tremendous impact that we have. We are leaders who work with people who work with people. That means that an anxious or frustrated or irritated version of myself reaches people who are then forced to figure out how they want to think and feel about that version that they're dealing with of us. And while trying to do other things that they're involved with at work or at home, and many times without a coach to help guide and support their thinking as they're dealing with us and our thinking. We need to think of ourselves as leaders of leaders. When you carry that mantle, you make different decisions. You think more strategically, more intentionally. A leader of leaders strives for constant and in-depth self-awareness, a quality that, when absent, restricts the leader from his or her potential. And if it's uncomfortable as you begin to identify what you're thinking and understanding those thoughts and how they're impacting your emotional fuel, and even maybe impacting the way you've been acting, then I applaud you because there is absolutely no way for you to progress and advance while staying the exact same. You have to uncover the muck. You've got to find the gaps. And when you do, as you grow, you'll inspire the people around you to be more reflective, more involved in their personal growth, and more engaged in their professional development. I appreciate you joining me for today's episode. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit dentallife.coach for access to additional coaching tools, as well as more episodes to help you create the dental life you truly desire.